Me, 
to all of our listeners around the world logged on to the quality music zone and janoradio.com good morning to everyone here with me on clubhouse thank you so much for joining in it is monday new week means new opportunities it's monday august 15th move it monday and of course we do it in soca styley thank you for joining me for coffee and tow world news on the go every monday through friday starting at 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern where i read the news and we share our views you can find me on twitter at me media moments on Instagram at moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. And also on TikTok, moments with me media. And here are the headlines we have coming up for you today. In news out of North America, one dead and 17 injured after car plows through crowd at charity event. Young mom fatally shot while picking up son from babysitter. Oklahoma man killed his three children himself in murder-suicide. Spirit Airline employee suspended after tackling an unruly female passenger. According to police, man killed himself after ramming U.S. Capitol barrier. FBI investigating unprecedented number of threats against a bureau in wake of Mar-a-Lago search. In business and tech news, who owns your credit score? It's not you. In health and science news, polio virus detected in wastewater samples in New York City. This is according to health officials. In sports news, lawyers appeal Griner's Russian prison sentence. Out of the Caribbean corner, IDB committed to integrity and transparency. Out of Jamaica, hundreds of young farmers to benefit from pilot projects. In the West Indies sports segment, West Indies top New Zealand in third T20 and avoid a series sweep. In stories out of Latin America, 1.5 tons of meth seized by Mexican military along northern border. Ecuador blames organized crime for deadly blast in Guayaquil. In Believe It or Not stories, Georgia man who, uh, who complained about receiving cold McDonald's fries ends up arrested for a 2018 murder. Black firefighter accuses his captain of taking him to racist party, mocking Juneteenth. Delta flight attendant fired for posting cartoon image of Trump wearing KKK hoodie on Facebook. Drano poisoning story faked by doctor's husband in order to get custody of children, the lawyer claims. And this story, we posted the, or we spoke about the original story last week. Atlanta man removed from frontier flight 
for having his two-year-old daughter on his lap. In entertainment news, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Kathy Hilton awkwardly confuses Lizzo for precious actress Gaborne Sidebe. Is Saray among top donors of GoFundMe set up for pregnant fiery LA crash victim? We'll be back with the details of these stories and more on the forced conversation right after the music break. Here's some more soca for us to get us ready. to all our listeners logged on to qmzradio.com janoradio.com and of course everyone here with me on clubhouse where the conversation happens i'm moments with me and you're listening to coffee and toe world news on the go every monday through friday 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern where I read the news and we share our views. And now it's time for us to get into the details and we're starting off with news out of North America. One dead and 17 injured after a car plows through crowd at charity event. 
One person is dead and 17 more injured after a man plowed his car through a crowd gathered outside a Pennsylvania bar for a charity event. The suspect then fled to a nearby nearby town where he assaulted and killed a woman. Adrian Oswaldo or Oswaldo Sura Reyes, who is 24 years old, was taken into custody and charged with two counts of criminal homicide. He was denied bail and is being held at the Columbia County Correctional Facility. A crowd was gathered outside of the Intoxicology Department bar and restaurant on Saturday for a benefit to raise money for the victims of a house fire that killed 10 people. Just after 6 p.m., Sura Reyes drove a car through the gathering. One person was killed and 17 more were injured as a result of the crash. The injured were all taken to area hospitals and their condition is unknown. Sura Reyes fled the scene and crashed into a woman in Nescopec, according to WNEP. The victim, identified as 56-year-old Rosa de Reyes, was also assaulted with a hammer, according to the Luzerne County coroner's office. Sura Reyes was taken into custody by the Pennsylvania State Police at the scene of the second crash. According to a press release from the Pennsylvania State Police, the investigation remains open and active. A young mom fatally shot while picking up son from babysitting. This story is courtesy of Paula Alert. A 25-year-old was shot and killed while picking up her one-year-old son from the babysitter. The teenager linked to the shooting has been arrested. Beverly Lambert was shot twice in the back of the head in Morris, a city in Illinois. After she was killed, the suspect allegedly stole her vehicle, fleeing the scene. A 16-year-old was arrested in connection to the shooting and charged with six counts of six-degree murder. The suspect is being tried as an adult due to his criminal background. He is being identified or has been identified as Cortez Rice. Jason Helland, Grundy County State's attorney, confirmed in a press conference that Rice was in the area at the time of the shooting and asked people for rides before allegedly stealing the victim's car to flee. It is unclear if he asked Lambert for a ride before he shot her. The shock value of something happening to a 25-year-old woman in Grundy County is not that it only impacts the victim's family, it impacts the entire community. A GoFundMe to help Lambert's family and her young son has been started. She graduated from Tennessee State University in 2019. A close friend of Lambert's described her as focused. She was always focused on advancing herself and now that she has a son, she wanted a better life for him. The investigation is ongoing and Rice is being held in a $5 million bond. He is expected to be in court on August 18. Why does this sound to me like, um, what you call those, initiation? But I don't know because they say he has a criminal background. The extent of his criminal background we are not privy to at this time. Hopefully they will reveal more as they consider the investigation ongoing. This is so unfortunate. Twice in the back of the head. That's execution. Yeah. An Oklahoma man is facing tragedy after a father fatally shot. Well, an Oklahoma family that should have read is facing tragedy after a father fatally shot his three children before turning the gun on himself.
following a domestic dispute. Court documents show the children's mother left the house after a domestic incident. The woman left the three children with their father, Francois Little John, who is 30 years old. He became upset with the children's mother and live-streamed on social media, indicating that he might harm the children. The family saw the video and alerted the police around 4 a.m. last Saturday to a video that depicted little John waving a gun while a child was present. In the video, he threatened to shoot and kill the child. Police tried to locate the white Dodge Charger but could not find it for several hours. A runner passing by the saw passing by saw the car still running with little John and the three children deceased inside. The children were identified as Karen Little John, six years old, Aaliyah Little John, four, and Trinity Little John, three. Investigators said the children suffered injuries consistent with homicide and their father to have died by suicide. Little John was found with a gun and cell phone in his lap. A GoFundMe was created to help the family with funeral costs. I have, wow, I have no words. This seems to be very prevalent. I'm not sure if it's because of social media and our access to technology that we're hearing about these stories more now than ever before. But we're turning the weapons on our own families, our children. So what was the point of bringing them into the world in the first place? Only to murder them because you have a dispute with the mother? And vice versa. Mothers killing their children because they have disputes with the, the fathers of the ch children or the child? What is the point of having them? And what could be so <sighs> aggravating that would lead you to harm your children? Spirit Airline employees suspended after tackling an unruly female passenger. A Spirit Airline employee was suspended. A video recently went viral that showed an altercation between the said Spirit um, airline employee and a passenger. In the 90-second clip, the employee was seen going toe-to-toe -to -toe with a female at the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. The video begins with a woman yelling at the man as he continues to try to block her. Eventually, another man tries to separate the two, but the woman pushes the agent and calls him a dumb blank n-word. She then slaps the employee on the head, which causes him to explode. You have lost your mind. Don't you ever touch me in your life? He screams at the woman. The employee pushes past a man trying to block him and tackles the woman. As she's getting up, he begins punching her before others rush to separate them. Everybody back up from me. This bee put her hands on me. He yells at the crowd as he storms towards her. The video ends with the employee getting into another argument with a different man who challenges to a fight rather than the blank, the black, I'm sorry, the blank with a woman. You saw what she did. The employee protests after warning the man, I will fight whosoever. The airline later stated that they were aware of the incident and suspended the employee. 
Our vendor at DFW has suspended the agent, the company said. Spirit Airlines does not tolerate any violence of any kind, and we are working with local law enforcement to investigate this matter. It is unclear if the woman will face any charges. I'm not sure if this is the same video that I saw, but I saw a video last week where a male um, airline agent, customer agent, customer service agent, or ticketing agent, I'm not sure what the right term is. I guess it differs depending on the location that you're working at in the airport. But I saw one altercation last week, and as I said, I'm not sure if it's the same one, and I was like, is this what we're doing now? Um, I'm not sure what this woman in particular, and I'm really, I'm talking about the video for last week. I'm not sure what the woman did or said, but the employee was all up in the woman's face being extremely aggressive. And I'm like, what happened to just excusing yourself from the ticket encounter and going to the back and have someone else deal with the passenger? Now we're coming from behind the ticket encounter and we're being very aggressive with passengers. Now, I'll, I'll say that. Go ahead, Javet. You go right ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Happy, happy Monday. How was the weekend? Oh, I worked all weekend. You did what? All weekend. Yeah. Unacceptable. No bueno. I know. No bueno. <laughs> Oh boy, but happy to have you here. Never mind. Thank you. And I'm already in the car driving to work. I see. Um, what I was going to say was as far as your first story. Yes. Once you put your hands on someone, all bets are off. That's just me. I'm not one to like to argue. I don't really like to argue at all, but when you put your hands on me, you got to accept whatever you get. Mm -hmm. I don't know what led up to this argument between the airline person and the other person. Um, but once you put your hand on me, I don't think he should be suspended. Mm. <laughs> am, I, am I supposed to know when to stop hitting someone after you pulled out the Hulk in me? You know, because some of us have that. Yes, we do. <laughs> you know, once you start, unfortunately, you can't stop. But yeah. am I responsible for that? I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to say no. Yeah. And I yield. And I feel you on that, Javette. I feel, I totally feel you on that. Um, Now, if I'm standing behind the ticket counter and you reach over to me and you hit me, Oh, yes, it's instinct. It's reflex. What do you call it? Um, reflex. That's what we do, right? You're going to hit back. However, if you are cursing at me, calling me all sorts of names, and as long as you don't come behind and put your hands on me, I'm good. I will keep it professional. I will either ignore you or I will retreat and go in the back and say, you know what, somebody else deal with her because it's not going to be me. And I agree. The minute you put your hands on me, it's a problem. Now, if I am one who is standing on the um, 
you know, where they have the lines, where they have the ropes to guide people, because you do have some agents who work the ropes, right? Guiding people, pointing them where they need to go. Now, if that's where I'm working and this woman um, mm -hmm, puts her hands on me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't care. You're getting it, too, because we we're human. Number one, as long as you don't touch me, I'm OK. I'm not going to retaliate. I'm not going to retaliate if I'm on the job. I'm going to keep it professional because I see that you got a problem. You have a problem clearly, and I will not be a part of your problem. I will walk away. But I agree, Javette. Once you put your hands on me, I can't promise or guarantee what's going to happen. It's. <laughs> I, I mean, when my daughter was going through school, you know, I always said to her, you don't be the one to start the fight. But make sure you're the one that ends it. Right. If someone puts the hand on you. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just how I grew up. And people need to understand that sometimes their mouths and their hands can get the. Okay, we lost Javette there. But I think I know what she was going to say. So, yeah. Um, you got to be careful. There has to be responsibility. And understand that whatever you give, be prepared to receive. Right. Because for go ahead now, Javette, we got you back. Yeah, go ahead. Um, people, yeah, people need to understand. Well, I don't know where I left off, but I know I told my daughter to make sure if someone touch her, make sure she ends the fight. That's how I grew up. So ending the fight means you don't stop until someone pull you off of them. <laughs> right. right. That's that's how I grew up. That's how I taught my daughter. Is that right or wrong? I don't know. And I think it depends on the situation because if somebody pulls a weapon out, you know what? Exit. But if it's fist to fist, okay, yeah, let's let's do this. But if a weapon comes out and I mean, somebody has to wave the white flag because I know I need to be alive, right? So I think it depends on what's presented in the altercation, you know? But um, we as passengers... And as consumers and customers, I think this thing where I don't know who came up with this tagline that the customer is always right. I don't know who invented it, but it's an old saying ever since I was a child, customer is always right. No, and they, they need to change that. They need to pull that off the shelf and put that in the um, archives because no, customers are not always right. Customers do not have the right to speak to people any and any way, to put their hands on people, to, no, it, unacceptable. Good morning. Good morning, naturalist. And because the customer knows that there is that quote-unquote rule or the unwritten rule that the customers are always right, a lot of them are willing to push the boundaries. Yes. And that's the only reason why, you know, like my job, you know, I'm a, I'm a mechanic, I work in transit, I work on buses. Um, but they're like, why don't you become a driver? I'm like, no, because I could never deal with the public because the story that it is drivers, the drivers tell, especially like the buses that goes up into the quote-unquote the uh, nice areas where they get on the bus and they drive straight into the city. Yeah. And they go right back up to the nice areas. You know, they look at it, they treat the drivers like they are garbage. And I'm like, if it was for the same guy that you're treating so bad, you would not begin to work. You know, so yeah, that customer's all right. That's, that's really bullshit. And sometimes, you know, we, we have to swallow it 
prime example, yesterday, um, I was supposed to do a job at 11 o'clock. There was some miscommunication. I didn't get it till uh, 2 o'clock. But that was after the time that we told the customer. And they wanted a, they, they wanted an install refund. And we actually gave it to them just because, um, you know, we don't want to go give us, give us a bad review or anything like that. So even when they're wrong sometimes, yeah. and we don't have to. We try to appease them because we're looking at the, you know, at the bigger picture. Right. Okay, but listen to me, put your hands on me, as Javed says, a war. <laughs> you know, as simple as that. Yeah. Come, yeah. come, defend it. Yep. I'm ready to go down. Yep. You, 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 I know my, my, and my, you, my, you, you, hold on, Javet. Hold on one second. Go ahead, Natchez. Go ahead. I was saying my job, I have this, I have this crazy policy, though, that um, if you fight on the job, it doesn't matter who saw the fight, you both get fired. Okay. So I, I've seen a lot of guys in this place, man. They're over each other's face, man, but. Nobody is, is touching it. <laughs> is um <laughs> going that next step and you know laying them, but they are screaming there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? I, I, sometimes I, I just like watch. I'm like, okay, but nobody's going to the extra move, the extra level because you know that once you put your hands on, yeah. you both get fired and they figure it out later. I'll let right <laughs> Thank you, naturalist. Go ahead, Javet. <laughs> Not sure if you can hear me. I have a red yes, bar. Yes, we can hear you. Go right ahead. And the mindset about the customer is always right, has evolved into something to say that they're never wrong, and it shouldn't be that way. I agree. And that's why I say it needs to be taken off the shelf and put in the archives because, you know, it's, <laughs> it's ludicrous. Let me just put it that way. In this particular story, where they're saying it's unclear if the woman will face charges, she needs to fa have um, face, a, face something. Something. Because she put her hands on him. So, um, because I'm the employee, it's okay for this woman to put her hands on me and nothing happens to her? Well, I'm glad she got the beat down putting her hands on him then and I, i'm not supporting violence don't get me wrong that's not what i'm doing but she needs to face assault charges she put her she she touched me first she touched me first a man drove his car into a barricade near the u.s capitol early sunday and then began firing gunshots in the air before fatally shooting himself according to police, who said he did not seem to be targeting any member of Congress. The incident happened just before 4 a.m. at a vehicle barricade set at East Capitol Street Northeast and 2nd Street Southeast in Washington. It comes at a time when law enforcement authorities across the country are facing an increasing number of threats and federal officials have warned about the potential of violent attacks on government buildings in the days since the FBI search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. The attack is reminiscent of an incident when a man drove a vehicle into two Capitol Police officers at a checkpoint in April 2021, killing an 18-year veteran of the force. 
and many on Capitol Hill remain on edge after supporters of the then-president stormed the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Authorities said the man, identified as Richard A. York III, who is 29 years old, of Delaware, crashed into the barricade and that as he was getting out of the car, the vehicle became engulfed in flames. The man then opened fire, firing several shots into the air as police approached. Capitol Police said the man shot himself as the officers neared. He was later pronounced dead. Capitol Police Chief Tom Manger said of officers did not hear the man say anything before he opened fire indiscriminately in the street with a handgun and walked toward the Capitol building. Authorities are investigating whether the man may have set his car on fire, the chief said, because the collision did not appear to cause the blaze. Police officers at the scene. Yep feel that um, though his motive remains unclear, he had no links to the Capitol. They say they don't have any information that would indicate his motivation at this particular time. It does not appear the man was targeting any member of Congress is what they're reiterating. Both the House and Senate are in recess and very few staff members work in the Capitol complex at that hour. Authorities said no other injuries were reported and police do not believe any officers returned fire. Why would he be doing that? Um, hmm, interesting. Well, we're not going to know now because he's not here to tell the tale. FBI investigating unprecedented number of threats against the Bureau in wake of Mar-a-Lago search. The FBI is investigating an unprecedented number of threats against bureau personnel and property in the wake of the search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort, including some against agents listed in court records as being involved in the recent search. This is according to a law enforcement source when speaking with CNN. The bureau, along with the Department of Homeland Security, also has issued a joint intelligence bulletin warning of violent threats against federal law enforcement, courts, and government personnel and facilities. On Friday, the names of the two agents who signed the search warrant paperwork circulated online. The names had been included in a version of the search warrant that was leaked prior to the official unsealing of the documents. The version released by the court redacted the agents' names. Officials at the FBI headquarters division responsible for the security of personnel also have observed efforts by online actors to publicly post also known as doxing the personal information of other bureau employees including those involved in the search of trump's residence and this again is according to law enforcement a source as speaking with cnn unlike other officers in the u.s intelligence community who, uh, corpor- who operate undercover, the overwhelming majority of FBI employees operate in true name, the source noted, which makes those named in court filings pertaining to the search particularly vulnerable to nefarious online actors. The heightened level of threats follow a high-profile week for the Bureau in which agents executed a search warrant at Trump's Palm Beach property as part of evidence gathering, um, and that that was a step in a national security investigation about presidential records 
including classified documents taken to Florida. The warrant, which was unsealed and released by a federal judge on Friday, revealed the Justice Department is looking into possible violations of the Espionage Act, obstruction of justice and criminal handling of government records as part of its investigation. In the days following the search, violent threats surfaced online with posters writing, Garland needs to be assassinated, referencing Attorney General Merrick Garland, who personally approved the decision to seek a warrant. And another statement, kill all feds. Additionally, the biography and contact information of the federal magistrate judge who signed the search warrant was wiped from a Florida court's website after he too became the target of violent threats. In a separate incident on Thursday, a man who was believed to be armed with an AR-15 rifle and a nail gun tried to breach the FBI Cincinnati field office. He was killed hours later after a standoff with authorities. Uh, I would recommend then that the FBI seek to review its policies as it relates to protecting its um, employees. Um, it's possible then that or is it unreasonable, let, let me put it this way, is it unreasonable to ask that their names be withheld or they be given anonymity um, when it comes to search warrants or things of this nature, especially when it um, involves high-profile people? I don't know. I, f I find... I find all of this to be so interesting. And this prior president has opened um, so many different laws that either we weren't aware of or they just enacted it. Because um, throughout history, things that the FBI have done you were never able to get their names or know who was a part of it. And now all of a sudden, you know, when someone does something against this ex-person, we get to know everything about them. Anybody that goes against this prior president, their information is just out there all willy-nilly all of a sudden. And it's so interesting to me. Interesting indeed. <laughs> but Trump was on the one along with DOJ that actually knew who these um, um, agents were because the, the report that they released from the court, all their names were redacted. Yeah. But Trump had the version that wasn't redacted, so he just gave it to his friends and said, "Yeah, here they are." Mm -hmm. That man should be in jail, right? That man should be in jail by now. But and uh, I, I guess even for some of us, some of to die. I don't know what's going on, naturalist. But you know what? It's it's weird that we have to say this. But when... So Marlon and I were having a conversation this weekend. And he, he pointed out something. And I'm like, you know what? You're, pro you're probably right. That's a valid point. We don't know where his people are. Right? We don't know who they are, some of them. And you don't, they are so 
wrapped up in him and what's going on with him that I would never want any of us on this platform to become a target because you don't know what these people are capable of. Because I'm seeing some things and hearing some things like unbelievable, Javetta, to your point, unbelievable. And then you just raised another valid point, um, naturalist. Names redacted, but yet the names are released. We have to be so careful because people are riled up, so riled up, we don't know what people are capable of as it relates to this whole scenario, this whole showdown that's going on right um so unfortunate yeah i strongly believe that going forward fbi agents should be protected their name shouldn't even be put in there from the get-go should not even be put in there at all leave their names out call them john doe something something Yeah, something because um, they are, they're being targeted. Everybody's being targeted. Everybody. It's time for us to take another quick break. When we return, it's business and tech news along with health and science news. But here is some more soca to keep us, you know, awake <laughs> and energized and get us ready to take on the day and take on the week. Here's Michelle Montano with Fast Wine.
to all our listeners logged on to qmzradio.com johnoradio.com and everyone here with me on clubhouse where the conversation happens i'm moments with me you're listening to coffee in tow world news on the go every monday through friday starting at 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern where i read the news and we share our views it is move it monday we do it in soca style every monday Every Tuesday we do Turned Up Tuesday. You never know what you're going to get in that mix. On Wednesdays, it's Woman Crush Wednesday. Thursdays, hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday. Retro Thursday and every Friday, Feature Friday. And of course, we also have the Friday Mix. Coming up later on tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern on QMZRidder.com, JanoRidder.com, and Clubhouse. It's Days After Dark. Real relationship talk. It's adult conversation. Whether you're trying to get into a relationship or trying to get out of a relationship or trying to maintain the one you have, well, please tune in. Coming up right after this, it is business and tech news. Who owns your credit score? Not you. Thank you, Edwin Yearwood, for that oldie but goodie. Pump me up. Who owns your credit score? Hmm, interesting question, right? Well, according to CNN Business, not you. Credit agencies know a lot about Americans. The agencies accumulate information, such as social security numbers, birthdays, how much savings people have, how much debt they are in, and how late they pay their bills. That data is boiled down to a number ranging from 350 to 800 that estimates the risk of loaning someone money. It can determine the interest rates they pay and whether they get credit at all. So who owns your credit score and all the granular personal data that goes to it? You might be surprised to find out it's not you. You might be even more surprised to find that the data is often wrong, especially since the pandemic and that it is being used in more places for more purposes than ever before. Let's talk about Equifax errors. This spring, credit score giant Equifax sent out incorrect credit scores to banks and other lenders for potentially hundreds of thousands of customers. The company disclosed this last week. Equifax said a sizable number, less than 300,000 people, 
saw a shift in their credit scores of 25 points or more because of the error. That's more than enough for some people to be denied a loan they should have been granted. This, of course, has infuriated Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, who has long been critical of the banking industry. In a statement to CNN Business, Warren dubbed the errors scandalous. Equifax needs to clearly explain who was affected and how this happened. And the company needs to help consumers who were ripped off. Equifax disclosed the most recent error after a Wall Street Journal investigation earlier this month and problems reported by National Mortgage Professional magazine. If the company's name sounds familiar, in September 2017... Equifax disclosed that hackers had exploited a security flaw in its system to gain access to the company's customer data. The data was for as many as 145 million people, or about half the adults in America. Oops. Now, some critics are arguing that the whole national credit reporting system is simply broken. Equifax is one of three largely publicly traded credit reporting agencies in the United States, the others being TransAmerica and Experian, which compile data on consumer behavior and sell it to financial institutions. But more than 50 smaller specialist agencies have sprung up, which provide such data for potential employees, tenants, and utilities customers. Credit data is being used in broader ways than it was initially intended to be. Consumer watchdog groups warn, sometimes quite sloppily, data for multiple people with the same name is often provided to a rental agency. So let's talk about mistakes. The Consumer Financial Protection Board received 700,000 complaints against the three largest credit agencies between January 2020 and September 2021. More than 60% of all complaints in 2021 were related to consumers reporting incorrect information on their report. Errors are so rife that in 2019, the current Equifax CEO, Mark Bigor, told the New York Times that when he first checked his own Equifax credit report, it showed he bought a vacuum cleaner he didn't even own a mobile phone service he had not signed up for, and a credit card he didn't even have. He wasn't alone. Last year, Consumer Reports magazine asked nearly 6,000 consumers to check their credit scores and report back. Slightly over one-third said they found at least one mistake. For these reasons, some experts suggest more regulation or a publicly run credit agency that is not attempting to make a profit of personal data. In a study on credit reports and their use for non-credit purposes, Chi Chi Wu, an attorney at the National Consumer Law Center, warns that there's been mission creep, and that's in quotations, in how widely the data is used. Some vital services like gas, water, or electric utilities use credit scores to determine whether to require a security deposit from a customer. For example, credit scores may be predictive of consumer behavior when it comes to shopping, but misleading about whether people will make good tenants or pay crucial bills like 
utilities on time. Credit scores are increasingly being used as a measure of character when sometimes it's just luck, said Wu. The pandemic has thrown the reliability of the data into question. Credit scores often don't tell the whole story about a person, said Michael Pugh, president of CE and CEO of Carver Bank, a New York City bank headquartered in Harlem. Right before the pandemic began, he said, Carver Bank had extended a loan to an equipment repair business that had decided to expand, expand into the installation business. They had already hired new employees and purchased additional equipment when they suddenly had to shut the business down because of COVID. Over time, the business's credit score sank as it depleted its savings, increased credit card usage, and took longer to pay their bills. Carver continued to extend credit and to accept late payments. They have come out the other side stronger, he said, but a credit report might make take rather significant time to catch up. The installation business was lucky its bank was flexible. Many other businesses were not. Credit reports are being used more now, said Wu, because some people believe they remove discrimination, figuring it's a number. It's just a computer number, but discrimination is baked into the algorithm, said Wu. And there are serious disparities in credit score by race. An Urban Institute report analyzing 2016 Freddie Mac data found that over 50% of white households had credit scores above 700, compared with 21% of black households. That gap has narrowed in the five years that study the Institute recently reported, but for Native American groups in particular, the disparity remains wide. You can't opt out. How can a system be flawed and yet be so powerful? There is no legal way to opt out the powerful numerical picture of you that credit agencies paint. An Equifax executive testified before the Senate Commerce Committee in 2017 that Equifax owned the consumer data and its analysis of it, and this is part of the way the economy works. But said Wu, one of the reasons that error keeps happening is that they can get away with it. They are an oligopoly. Oligopoly. I hope I pronounced that right. Yeah. You can't pick between them like you can with mobile carriers. If you want credit, you have to deal with these three agencies. As for the recent incorrect data released by Equifax, unless you applied for a loan, credit card, or other financial products in a March 17 to April 6 window, when they had coding Arizona server, it's hard to know if you were affected by Equifax's scoring errors so far. So what rights do consumers have then? The right to know what's in their file. <laughs> All consumers are entitled to a free annual disclosure upon request from each of the nationwide credit bureaus, said the CFPB. If there are errors, dispute them both on the phone and in writing. But be warned, there's a backlog in handling these complaints. In the meantime, although consumers may have limited rights about the related data itself, there are ways to improve your credit score. 
Consumer advocates advise to always pay bills on time, in particular your mortgage and credit cards, because banks and home lenders report immediately to the credit agencies. And make sure, check your report for a vacuum cleaner you never bought. <laughs> I remember, and I may be wrong, but I think I remember when the election campaign was on, a part of the proposal, and I'm putting it proposal because I'm saying it that way because I don't want to say it was guaranteed to us or promised to us, but there was a proposal to regulate the credit reporting agencies, the credit bureaus, Equifax, TransUnion, and what's the other one? Um, oh my gosh, it's Equifax, TransUnion. <laughs> Experience. Experience. Thank you. Thank you. There was a proposal to strip them of their privileges because they were too controlling. They had too much control over who gets credit and who does not. One thing I don't like about credit reporting agencies is, um, I have seen where someone will be shopping around for a vehicle. And I'm not sure if it has changed now, but someone will be shopping around for a vehicle. And of course, everyone's the, the best deal. Everyone wants the most affordable financial package, right? And so you are going to shop around. Your information is going to be sent to different um lenders so that you can choose the best deal and for every inquiry on one's credit report they are stripped of so many incremental points right then and there right then and there and then what happens is um as your credit score shrinks the interest rate goes up because you're looked at as more of a risk based upon the score, not considering that you're shopping. I don't know if it has changed. If anyone is familiar, please let me know if they have changed the landscape where your credit score does not get impacted when you're shopping for a motor vehicle. It's totally unfair. Every inquiry and inquiries are done in your credit report and you don't even know sometimes by other companies out there who and these things affect you and they do it as a means of solicitation and I don't like that the other thing I don't like is that when they check your credit score for an inquiry and you're robbed of these points it takes forever for your credit score to go back up. That's not fair. That is not fair. I don't know if anyone has seen the, the clip of um, that circulating on TikTok or on, on um, Instagram. I'm not sure if it's on Facebook, not there anymore. But um, it's a clip from a movie with Taraji P. Henson and... Um, Cat Williams, where Cat is in jail and Taraji goes there with two children, you know, to visit him. One child is black, one child is white, child, the white child, 
you know, of course, Kat is saying, that's not my baby, not because you say it's mine, blah, blah, blah. And said right away that child was born with a 700 credit score. Is that what happens? Because when you read this report here from CNN Business and the disparity that exists because racism exists within the credit reporting system where 50% of white households have credit scores above 700 compared to only 20% of black households. How are they measured? Because they know everything about you, as was stated earlier in the article. Credit reporting agencies know everything about you. They know your demogra- They know what demographic you belong to. You're classified there. So it doesn't mean that based upon how you're classified, because the Native Americans are also gravely affected. Does it mean then that based on how you're classified and the group you're associated with, it determines how quickly your credit score accelerates or how quickly it decelerates? It's supposed to be just a number, right? It's supposed to be just a number. But unfortunately, based on this report, based on findings through research, that's not the case. But I want to know what happened with the proposal to overhaul or get rid of the um, three bodies and have a public body instituted. I don't hear anything more about that. I haven't heard anything more about it since um, the present administration has taken control of government. Is it something that has been forgotten or was I daydreaming? Or am I daydreaming? Did I hear, did I dream of this possibility? I don't think so. It was part of the campaign or one of the items <laughs> that um, were proposed as they were campaigning. I don't know. But again, I may be chipping at a, a way at a block that's made of metal. <laughs> In health and science news, polio virus detected in wastewater samples in New York City, health officials say, and this is according to CNN Health. Polio virus has been detected in wastewater samples in New York City, suggesting likely local circulation of the virus, according to state and local health officials. We're dealing with a trifecta. COVID is still very much here. Polio we have identified in our sewage. And we're still dealing with the, mo- the monkeypox crisis, said New York Mayor Eric Adams on Friday when he was speaking with CNN Newsday. We're addressing the threats as they come before us and we're prepared to deal with them and with the assistance of Washington, D.C. In a statement about the wastewater finding, New York officials underscored the urgency of staying up to date with polio immunizations, particularly for those in the greater New York metro area. Most people in the U.S. are protected from polio because of vaccination. The primary series of three vaccines provides 99% protection. However, unvaccinated and under-vaccinated people are vulnerable. For every one case of paralytic polio identified, hundreds more may be undetected. This is according to State Health Commissioner Dr. Mary T. Bassett. The detection of polio virus in wastewater samples in New York City is alarming, but not surprising. 
The virus most commonly spreads through feces and in less, mo in less common circumstances when a person infected with the polio virus sneezes or coughs. About 90% of people with polio do not have any visible symptoms. This is according to the World Health Organization. Some have flu-like symptoms such as a sore throat, fever, tiredness, and nausea. About 1 in 25 people will get viral meningitis, an infection of the covering of the spinal cord and or brain, according to U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. About 1 in 200 people will have paralysis and be unable to move parts of their body or will feel a kind of weakness in their arms, legs, or both. Even children who fully recover from the initial disease can develop muscle pain and weakness years later. Paralysis can lead to a permanent disability and death since it can affect the muscles used to breathe. City Health Commissioner Dr. Ashwin Vassan said that with polio circulating in our communities, there is simply nothing more essential than vaccinating our children to protect them from this virus. And if you're an unvaccinated or incompletely vaccinated adult, please choose now to get the vaccine. The wastewater finding comes after the identification of a case of paralytic polio in Rockland County, New York, resident, um, a resident on July 21, and the detection in wastewater samples in May, June, and July from Rockland, Orange Counties. A CDC official told CNN this week that the case in Rockland County was just the very, very tip of the iceberg and suggested there must be several hundred cases in the community circulating. Are we asking people in New York to get tested? To get tested at zero expense to them? Because I have to agree, there have to be cases circulating. I don't think one person or two people are the only one subject. Is it possible that the health officials can ask that everyone who enters a medical facility be um, presented with the opportunity to be tested at zero expense to them as a way to detect? And if there's any detection, to treat? Because it sounds as though it's a silent, um, a very silent or a creeper silent disease or a creeper yeah especially in this day and age when people don't necessarily practice um hygiene because you go to public restrooms and you're still seeing people not washing their hands i um, mean you're seeing people you know and after that they're just touching everything and unknowing to you you're touching the said items so just just a recommendation. Not sure if it's practical. Um, can they afford it? Yes, because there's money for other things. <laughs> oh, by the way, I saw a video. I need someone to tell me how true this is. But I did see a video over the weekend. Um, yesterday, to be exact. Where the Biden administration, the government is sending $4.9 billion to Ukraine to pay the salaries of um government workers please tell me this is not so that's in business news and i should have i meant to bring it up there and i totally forgot 
But please tell me this video is not true because I know we spoke a couple of weeks ago about the 1.9 that was going to pay healthcare workers. So now there's a $4.9 billion deal going over there to pay the employees of the government. And the question looms, the person, and I want to believe it's true because they put up the article behind them as a green screen and then they were asking, so what is happening here? The weekend was a little depressing for me. I'll be honest, it was. Had to do school shopping. Back to school shopping. And despite the fact that, you know, we, I, I'm a bargain hunter. I don't care what you want to call me. Call me cheap. I do not care. I'm a bargain hunter. And I'm grateful that my children have learned to be bargain hunters, right? Why pay $100 for something if you can get it for $17 or $20? Yep, that's me. Got to make your dollar stretch. I ain't worried about who want to call me cheap. I don't care. It's my pocket. That's feeling it. So we went to get, you know, uniforms and um. Thank God for buy one, get one free. Got that. Now I'll let you know, JCPenney, yep. Got it at JCPenney in pants for the um, two younger boys who are in high school. Got uh, some hoodies marked down. Um, yeah. Got some, got their shirts. And I'm not promoting or advertising for anyone, but I'm just letting you know where you can find the deals. Okay? I'm not selfish. I'm letting you know. So JCPenney was where we got their um, sneakers and um, pants and hoodies. That's where we got them. Looked at the, when, you know, they finished ringing up everything because we got door busted deals and clearance items. We saved almost $600. Everything came out to 300 and something dollars, right? Woohoo! That's like winning the lotto for me. Trust and believe. And then we went to BJ's to get their polo shirts because guess what? They polo shirts, we found them like two weeks ago there. We bought two to make sure they fit. And then we said, okay, we're going to go back and get the rest. $7.99. Yep. Polo shirts. I was like, yes, cha-ching-ching. -ching, winner. But yesterday... I got another I got a blow yesterday. Got a huge blow yesterday. Myself and my husband, we got a blow. We went to two places to do our shopping, one supermarket, one wholesale. And of course, remember, I'm a bargain hunter. I'm looking for the buy one, get one freeze. I'm looking for what makes sense. The first stop at the supermarket. Almost $200? I don't, I, you know, I don't see what we got for almost $200. I really haven't seen it yet. Almost $200, but mm, gone. We go to the wholesale. Almost $400. We get home. We unpack the things and we're like, okay, so where's the grocery? And I'm not lying. Because as we were going to the cash register, I'm I turned to my husband. I'm like, what do we put back? 
because I feel this bill is going to be really high. We have no luxury items. What we have are basic necessities. Basic necessities. Chicken, fish, cheese, water, pineapple juice, Gatorade. And I'm trying to remember what else was on the list. Burrito wraps, because in the morning, school starts back on Wednesday. I'll be making burritos for them. You know, sausage, egg, and cheese, or egg and cheese, or, you know, whatever. But burritos, grab and go, easy for them. And I, while I'm grateful and I'm very thankful that we were able to pay for the things, broke afterwards, right? But we're able to pay for the things. My heart went out for those who are even less fortunate than we are. And I'm wondering, how are people managing? Really? But yet, we can't get anything subsidized here in this country, but we have money to send overseas. And that's the part that's getting me. We don't have any money to help our citizens but we have money to send overseas. Yes, Javette, that's where I got it. J.C. Penny, buy one, get one free. Mm -hmm. And plus, they have coupons. If you go online, go to J.C. Penny online coupons, and you can find more. The you get more even more savings by presenting. You don't have to have a JCPenney card. Don't be fooled. You do not have to have a JCPenney card. Right? Oh, and if you want a JCPenney card to Javette, they were offering you 45% off your purchase. 45% in addition to the already marked down or the discounts that you're getting. 45%, yeah. We got to hunt for bargains. And if you find bargains out there, don't be selfish because every share the information spread the word don't pay attention to people who oh no that's too cheap i'm buying that mm. spread the word be smart that's what the wealthy do that's what the rich do you think they're you think rich folks out there spending oh i'm gonna just buy a pair of sneakers for my child for three hundred dollars nope they're looking for the deals too so don't put your baskets where you can't reach and don't be ashamed to get the things at a better price, way better price. Yeah. But I'm feeling it for folks out there who are struggling, really struggling. Time for us to take another quick break. At least this will make me feel a little better. <laughs> Here is the song overdue as, you know, we move ourselves a little bit, get our energy going and put ourselves in a good state of mind. You give me something I need, yeah. You give me something I
To all our listeners, logged on to QMZRadio.com, JohnOradio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Remember, coming up later on tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern, it's Days After Dark. Log on to QMZRadio.com and JohnOradio.com or join in the conversation on Clubhouse. Download the app. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Coming up right after this, we have sports news, so stay tuned.
you once again to all of our listeners tuned in on qmzradio.com, janoradio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. It is time for us to get into sports news. The story courtesy of uh, the Associated Press out of Moscow. Lawyers appeal Griner's Russian prison sentence. Lawyers for American basketball star Brittany Griner on Monday today filed an appeal against her nine-year Russian prison sentence for drug possession. This is according to a Russian news agency. Griner, a center for the Phoenix Mercury and a two-time Olympic gold medalist, was convicted on August 4. She was arrested in February at Moscow's airport after vape canisters containing cannabis oil were found in her luggage. Lawyer Maria Blagovolina was quoted by Russian news agencies saying the appeal was filed, but the grounds of the appeal were not immediately clear. Blagovolina and co-counsel Alexander Boykov said after the conviction that the sentence was excessive and that in similar cases defendants have received an average sentence of about five years, with about a third of them granted parole. Griner admitted that she had the canisters in her luggage, but said she had inadvertently packed them in haste and that she had no criminal intent. Her defense team presented written statements that she had been prescribed cannabis to treat pain. Before her conviction, the U.S. State Department declared Griner to be wrongfully detained. Secretary of State Antony Blinken took the unusual step of revealing publicly in July that the U.S. had made a substantial proposal to get Griner home, along with Paul Whelan, an American serving a 16-year sentence in Russia for espionage. Blinken did not elaborate, but the Associated Press and other news organizations have reported that Washington has offered to free Victor Bout, a Russian arms dealer who is serving 25 years in a U.S. jail and who once earned the nickname of Merchant of Death. On Sunday, a senior Russian diplomat said exchange talks have been conducted. This quite sensitive issue, which is the swap of convicted Russian and U.S. citizens, is being discussed through the channels defined by our president, and that's according to Alexander Darchiev, head of the Foreign Ministry's North American Department, when speaking with the state news agency TASS. These individuals are indeed being discussed. The Russian side has long been seeking the release of Victor Bout. The details should be left to professionals, proceeding from the do not harm principle. Um, here's something that has been on my mind. Um, because every time we read about her story, and everything that has happened this keeps popping out at me but i've never said anything about it right um her defense team presented statements that she had been prescribed cannabis to treat pain and in my mind i'm saying if you keep pushing that couldn't that in some way make the russia um legal team russian um what you call it court system feel that her packing them could have been intentional since they were prescribed for pain because you feel the pain in the U.S. Aren't you still going to feel the pain in Russia? Good morning. Good morning, War. How are you? 
I am well. And you? I am doing well, thank you. Thanks. Thank you for coming. Go right ahead. Um, yeah, that's definitely, definitely a good point that you just made because um, regardless of where you are, if you're in a situation of pain and you're on pain medication, for that pain, you're going to instinctually want to take it with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And um, they have to be, if that is the case, in a sense, that puts you in a place where they said, well, you did take it on purpose because you brought it to um, look after your, your medical condition, right? And um, they said that uh, ignorance is no excuse when it comes to um, the law. Right, right. Um, here um, in Canada, for sure, the way before it uh, become legal, and even now today, they tell you, right? If you're going across the border, do not take it, even though it is legal here. That's one of the first thing when they prescribe, they're telling you. So I'm assuming that whoever prescribed it um, for her, knowing that she is this sort of international basketball player, they would have instructed her in the same way that, that though it may be legal in your state or where you are, if when you're tra traveling, it's the same situation. Yeah. It's like traveling with a gun. Yeah. Like traveling with a gun, right? The gun is legal in your state and legal to, to maybe legal to walk with, but when it comes to going on an aircraft or going to another country, they tell you explicitly you're not allowed to carry it. It will be in that you put yourself in jeopardy. So I believe that um, must have been a part of her situation. That's what I'm saying. And I have to agree with you on that war. And, you know, as I said, every time the story comes up, I, I keep thinking about it, but I keep forgetting to say it. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to I'm going to say it today. I don't think that doctor's note lends itself in a positive way to her situation, because if I were to put myself in in the seat of the judge, I'm going to say, so hold on a second. For the pain that you're feeling when you're here in Russia to play in when it's off season for you and you come here because you make more money here, what do you take for the pain? That's the question I'm going to ask her. That's the question I'm going to ask her legal team. What do you take for the pain when you're here in Russia? Because are you telling me that the minute you jump on a plane, the pain stops? Just food for thought. Because even here, though, um, like morphine, if you're on morphine, these kind of heavy pain, narcotic medication, they tell you, do not go across the border with it. You know what I mean? Even simple things like those that you would, you know, um, think would be legal to cross the border, they tell you. Yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah, you're right. It it, uh, it puts her more in jeopardy as to the real intent, and then they would say, uh, most likely to doubt her and say that she's not being honest when she when she say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. My stance were, if I were in her position or a member of her legal team, number one, I would not have had her um, do an admission of guilt, number one. Number two, I would not have um, 
included the lawyer's comment, the, the doctor's comment. I would not have. I would let it stay as a genuine, I was unaware. I didn't realize it was there. And that's my story and that's what I'm sticking to. I did not know that it was in my, my luggage. I didn't know. That's, but others may say, you know what? What they did was the best thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's true. And the other angle I'm looking at it, I don't mean to like stretch it a little bit. No, 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 that's okay. Go right ahead. No, 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 that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Like I see the State Department making a great effort trying to get her back, get her released, right? When there are so many hundreds of thousands of people in the States in that sort of same condition, right? That are in 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 there who they caught with a little bit of, of um weed mm-hmm. and they are locked up for years, mm-hmm. some for life. Mm-hmm. And they're not willing to do anything about it, even though they are making it legal in how many states. So to me, there's a there's a there's a sense of hypocrisy or, you know, whatever it, Whatever where that is concerned, but it just doesn't seem right. And War, I said that last week. I said it last week, and I, I did mention. I said there is hypocrisy, and I did ask the question: What do we intend to do about those who have records, right? Those who are incarcerated for minor amounts of weed, not for trafficking, not for those bringing in these huge containers or so on and so forth but minus little bits we have them locked up and i remember was it a couple a few weeks ago there um was it a few weeks yeah a few weeks ago was what's his name schubert yeah iman schubert the basketball player yeah mm-hmm. held because for, for that too yeah so there's a huge hypocrisy huge 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 hypocrisy and now it's time for caribbean corner IDB committed to integrity and transparency. The Inter-American Development Bank said it is fully committed to support the economic and social development of the region with the highest standards of integrity and transparency. In a statement, the organization said it is implementing a broad effort to improve operational efficiency, productivity, and transparency to facilitate better results, impact, and monitoring effectiveness. The organization said its access to information policy guidance on the management of information in the institution. The IDB said, according to the 2022 Aid Transparency Index, the IDB ranked third among 50 multilateral and bilateral providers of aid, considering 35 indicators on the availability and accessibility of information. The IDB said it continues to work closely with our partners, including the government of the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago, to create opportunities and improve the lives of the people in Latin America and the Caribbean. The IDB said it remains open and available to communication 
with all stakeholders in the region. Additionally, they also said the information on the referenced project, TTL 1026, which is the multi-phase wastewater rehabilitation phase one program, can be found on their website, www.iadb.org. Additionally, information on their financing solutions and loan terms can be found there as well. All right, so um, I've never, I'm not mm, fully educated as far as the Inter-American Development Bank is concerned. I don't know if they're separate or they're apart, if they're separate from or if they are a part of the IMF. I don't know, but there seems to be some correlation. But I'm going to do some research on that. Forgive me. Definitely I'm going to so I can um, be a little more (laughs) educated. Right. Just a little more. (laughs) Okay. So our next story out of the Caribbean corner comes out of Jamaica. Hundreds of young farmers to benefit from a pilot, pilot project. Some 600 young farmers and fishers across five parishes will benefit from support to bolster their enterprises and combat climate change under the pilot, strengthening the adaptive capacity of farmers and fisher folk in Jamaica's project. That's a long name. The initiative, which is being undertaken through a multi-million dollar grant from Global Affairs Canada and the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office, FCDO, United Kingdom, was launched on Thursday in the central parish of Clarendon. It is a key activity under the United Nations Development Program, enabling gender-responsive disaster recovery, climate and environmental resilience in the Caribbean, and will be implemented with support from the Jamaica 4-H clubs. The project is targeted at male and female youth farmers and fisher folk in select communities in the parish of Clarendon, Westmoreland, Manchester, St. Elizabeth, and St. Thomas. Over a six-month period, participants will receive training in business management and financial literacy, as well as business inputs to start and strengthen their farming, fisheries, and agro-processing enterprises. This project, which employs a gender-sensitive model, also seeks to strengthen equity and access of the beneficiaries to climate-resilient resources, thereby boosting their adaptive capacity. It is intended that the undertaking will contribute to national efforts to reduce youth unemployment and engage more young people in agriculture. And I'm here for it. I am here for it because we need to be able to feed ourselves and we need to be able to have excess that we're able to export. We cannot be so heavily dependent on imports. And there are certain things I don't believe we should have to import in Jamaica. I don't see why we're importing chicken. I don't see why. I don't see why we're importing, um, what you call it, pork and beef. I, I, I don't understand why we have to or why we should need to. And I don't understand why the imported products are cheaper than what is grown locally. I, I could never make sense of that. How is it cheaper? Why is it that chicken it, that's imported is cheaper than what is made locally? I'm yet to understand. To go back to 
about 96 because I believe that was the around the last time that Jamaica was able to fully feed itself when the IMF mm-hmm. forced the government <laughs> to drop all the tariffs and everything on the low uh, imports that destroyed the dairy market and the farming um, market also because they allowed them to come and dump um, the, their um, produce in Jamaica, right, even below their cost, so that the, the farming sector in Jamaica and the dairy sector was completely wiped out. And I believe there's a documentary online even about that. So it's these um, banks and banking arrangements again that caused the problem. And now they come back trying to, I guess, give a solution. But the solution is never the right one for our people. Right. Because we don't have right. much of a say as to what the terms are. Once you um once they get you in that in that in that in that um condition. And to me, there's another thing that needs to be addressed in order for this to be really successful. Um, there's a land erosion issue that affects farmers all through throughout the island yes. because of runoff yes. from hurricane. And you have to address those things. You know, and for years it has not been addressed and that also is causing a huge issue. So if you address the land erosion thing and um, address the water runoff problem right throughout the island, even creating creating other reservoirs and places like to get to catch all that water, then it would be even better for farmers so that they could even have a better yield because they would have water and they would not be that you know during that period when there's no rain they would still have a source yeah so they're gonna be doing all these things but they they won't amount to much or a lot in the end because the foundational issues are not really being addressed the issues that would really make a difference so, yeah. in other so, words, Ward, they need words, to address the infrastructure, address the infrastructure that correlates right. with the industry. Exactly. Exactly. Good point. Yeah. Then, yeah, you're right. There's no point um, doing something not to be able to carry it on or to sustain it effectively and efficiently. Yeah, that's a valid point. Yeah. It's just a good political announcement right now. <laughs> <you know? laughs> My other question is, I, I'm not aware how of how active the Jamaica 4-H um, club is across the island. I know when I was in high school, you'd hear about it a lot, but I'm not sure um, right now how impactful they are, meaning how are, are they able to truly speak to the youth, to um, encourage them, to motivate them to want to get into farming. A lot of those things that used to happen back in the day, mm-hmm. you have to say back in the day, they're not very active now for whatever reason. You know, um, I don't know if it's maybe lack of, lack of funding, you know, where they're concerned or whatever the case is, but these outreach um, programs mm-hmm. are not, not um, as prolific as they were back in the day when there was this, you know, um, what should I say, mindset of moving forward, developing, and felt that we were all, you know, one trying to do, you know, um, yeah. something together. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but um, so right now, we'll take the, the 
the deal with them wanting to encourage the youth and this being a means through grants to be able to and i think the target is 600 if i if i remember reading the article yes 600 youth male and female in the parishes of clarendon westmoreland manchester saint elizabeth and saint thomas one thing though they should have included saint anne because up in the hills of saint anne they do a lot of farming not just weed but yeah a lot of farming is done up there um for ground provisions so i do believe that that's something they should they and i know yeah manchester is okay good uh but i think they left saint anne out of that and they should not have and they also left out Trelawney. Trelawney is huge when it comes to yam farming. They, the, there are farmers there who export a lot of yams out of the parish of Trelawney. So they left that out, should not have. Um, those two parishes, St. Anne and Trelawney. Another thing that they produce a lot of in St. Anne, um, there's pimento uh cabbage a lot of cabbage is planted in st anne and the beauty about cabbage is that it has a long shelf life very long shelf life right um so i think they need to inject the grant funding into those parishes and involve the youth in those parishes as well all right so good morning morning, good morning how are you doing I'm all right, thanks. I was just here listening to the conversation um, on farming, and I remember um, over the pandemic, um, I was reading where there are a lot of females farmers, especially in the western part of the island, and there's programs that uh, the government have in place to assist um, these 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 farmers on a small scale, subsistence farming, that is. Yeah. But I do realize also that there's there's been an an upsurge of uh, female farmers on a large scale um, in Jamaica, and I don't know if it's um, out of just need and then it 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 it, it blossomed into um, a business for them. But I think some of some of the things that's happening though is is kind of underreported, you know, because maybe other news items get the focus yeah you're right that's that's you're, you're absolutely right but i enjoy hearing these stories because we we need it we need it in the country we need to redirect our youth we need to um find ways to inspire them and show them that there is purpose behind the endeavor right we can't we have to find modern day ways of um swindling them away from um being on social media i don't know if swindling is the right word but taking them away from social media and spending those hours being productive yes we know that with farming you're not going to replant today and reap tomorrow but in a couple of months you know that you're able to reap and have income and as as well as animal husbandry that's important get back to raising animals you know, chickens are a quick turnaround. Are a quick turnaround. Yeah. Um. Funny, when like to me, maybe I I I was in an isolated box, but when I hear um they talk about you know farming and um, you know they have to aim a certain amount specifically to women, it's like to me that's unusual because where we grow up up in upper Saint Andrew up there, 
Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Farming basically was a family thing. It's men and women. Everybody farmed. So there was not like any real gender disparity. You know what I mean? Where yeah. that was um yeah. no, but, a sorry. concern. It was just a thing. Yeah, go ahead. No, Jack. but you have a point there, War. But in this particular case, the article I was reading, it was specifically single mothers, right? Are, um, who they started subsistence farming and then they helped them to kind of scale it. So, you know, it's out of need are, are helping them to provide for themselves in more ways than one. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing because, you know, something have wrong. Having, uh, we were having this conversation just this weekend. There are so many single mothers who have no choice but to step up. So we have to do away with gender roles, you know, where, oh, women don't do this, women don't do that, men don't do this, men don't do that. No. And the reality is that, that while you do have a large group of men who step up and are good fathers, whether they're in a relationship with the, the, the mother of their children or not, we still have a larger group who have to make ends meet on their own. You know. So, you know I think with that too, um, moments is that maybe, you know, because these, these women, of course, they're, they're, well, in some, most cases it's, um, they have children, right? Yeah. Um, so maybe the, the farming techniques and the, the mindset as farming being a profitable business can be passed down. That is maybe one way in which you can kind of grab the youths them, yeah. you know? And I think the stigma with farming too right, if it's not weed, outside of weed, has some kind of, you know, negative connotation, like, you know, you can't make the money out of farming and, and, and them thing there, you know? So, yeah, man, there is money to know. be made in it. There is money to be made in it. As long as the government is willing to see to it that imported products cost more than local products. Because I, I was saying earlier before you came in that there is no way chicken grown locally should be more expensive than imported chicken it should not be happening and unfortunately that's the reality so the local farmers are forever going to feel the crunch of it because their people are not going to buy their products first right so the government needs to see to it that there is a flip import expensive local cheaper more affordable that's you know that's pretty much what we have to push for. In sports out of the Caribbean corner, West Indies top New Zealand in third T20. Avoid a series sweep. For those of you who follow cricket, cricket lovely. Who remembers that song? Cricket lovely cricket. So the dirt of the ball and the ball out of the bat. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon King and Shamar Brooks scored a 102 run opening partnership in the West Indies. As the West Indies struck a winning formula at last, beating New Zealand by eight wickets in the third 2020 international on Sunday to prevent a sweep of three match series. After making the bold decision to rest captain Nicholas Puran, the hosts also played more than one spinner for the first time in the series, and their bowlers flourished on a slow pitch at Sabina Park in Kingston. New Zealand made only 145 for, for 7 after winning the toss, falling well short of their 185 for 5 in the first match and 215 for 5 in the second. I'm going to confess something. I don't understand cricket. Um, as a child growing up, <laughs> my father 
And we had a helper that it was him and her with this cricket thing all day, every day. As long as there's cricket, that's all you hear them talking about. And I remember he would leave his office to come home, right? And you would think there's no radio in his vehicle, but he comes home and says to her, what did I miss? What did I miss? What did I miss? And she's filling him in. I couldn't understand why cricket has to be played over a number of days. This tea time and all of that. I don't get it. I still don't get it. Am I interested in getting it? Not really. Is it that I'm turning, is, is cricket a part of our culture or is it imported? And we um, embraced it. I don't even know the history of cricket, so shame on me. It's an English game, man. Um, it was imported. Neil. And we adopted it. Okay. All right. But people love it. The only thing I like about cricket is the mound. <laughs> <laughs> the, the quote unquote call it a gentleman's game. But isn't it though? I don't know about that, but all right. Because <laughs> I don't really hear so, about women playing it a lot. Or it a lot. I don't know. Lately, they had a, um, back in the late 80s, I believe they started a women's league. Mm-hmm. I think they did. Okay. I don't know how successful it was. But honestly, how it came about in our culture, if you notice, all, all the, it's a very British thing in all the colonies. And that mm. was when they were, um, in a sense, after you know everything that happened, they were, um, in a sense, show us that oh, you can be like us. Ah, got but it. But without the real benefits. Oh, you know it. what I mean? It's yeah. to get us to love them more. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're heavily invested in it. Okay, all right. Well, you know something. Um, baseball in the States is not an American thing. It was imported. Was it from Cuba or the Dominican Republic? But it's not original to the U.S. Um, yeah, so I guess it's okay. All right, so our final story out of the Caribbean corner. Uh, employers treat us like we're not human beings, and this story is courtesy of JamaicaObserver.com. Farm workers in Canada complain of subhuman conditions and appeal to Carl Samuda for help. A number of Jamaican farm workers in Canada have accused their employers of subjecting them to deplorable working conditions. And as such, they are appealing to Labour Minister Carl Samuda, who left the island on Sunday, August 13, for a site visit to the program to have their concerns addressed. The Jamaicans, who did not reveal their names for fear of victimization, named two farms on which they are employed and said they are united with their Mexican and Filipino co-workers in calling for better living and working conditions. We are living in a first world country, but at both these farms, rats are eating our food. We do not have clothes dryers, so when it rains, we are forced to wear cold, wet clothing to work. We live in crowded rooms and have zero privacy. There are cameras around the houses, so it feels like we're in prison, the workers said in a letter emailed to the Jamaica Observer, and which they claimed was sent to Carl Samuda on August 11, 2022. The Observer was unable to speak to Samuda on Sunday as he was traveling at the time the newspaper called. The Jamaicans who are employed under the Seasonal Agricultural Workers Program described the program as systemic 
slavery or systematic slavery and said there have been no significant changes in the conditions over the years. We work for eight months on minimum wage and cannot survive for four months back home. Employers treat us like we're not human beings. They do not care about us. We're not asking for charity. We are a proud people and we're looking for dignity, respect and fairness. We're treated like mules and punished for not working fast enough. We are exposed to dangerous pesticides without proper protection. Our bosses are verbally abusive, swearing at us. They physically intimidate us, destroy our property, and threatened and threatened sorry to send us home. According to the workers, some of their colleagues at one of the farms were taken from agricultural duties last week to do landscaping just to make sure the farm looked pretty for the minister's visit. After completing the landscaping work, they said the employees had to work extra to catch up with the harvest and will not be paid over time. When we call our liaison officers for help, they do not respond to us, or worse, they take our boss's side and put a red mark next to our name so we are not hired back anywhere next season. This fair is what stops us and our fellow migrant farm workers from speaking up for our rights as workers and humans, they said. The Jamaicans also said that they fear being kicked out of the program by their employers if they report their experiences to Samuda and insist that the truth will be hidden from him on his site ex- um, inspection. Stating that Samuda as minister is responsible for their well-being, the workers said they were asking him to do the following. Lobby the Canadian government to implement and enforce national housing standards. Protect them at work by putting in place an anonymous system to report abusive employers, which will not put their safety or jobs at risk. Make it easier for transfers to another farm either during the season or before the beginning of each season. Ensure greater job security and end the practice of blacklisting, meaning banning workers from the program without a chance to appeal or be transferred. Remove the government agent deductions from their pay as they are currently paying for services they are not receiving. Increase accessibility of liaison offices, including more visits to the workplace and bunk houses during the season. Allow them to represent themselves and their interests in contract negotiations. Provide more education about the contracts they sign and support them to access and enforce their rights. Call on the Canadian government to grant permanent resident status to all migrants on arrival, including seasonal farm workers. If Minister Samuda believes it is in Jamaica's best interest to continue this program, it is imperative that the Jamaican government address these injustices and listen to our demands. But I'm glad one point was made here. Um, remove the government agent deductions from their pay. Because I was going to ask the question, does the Jamaican government remove any part of what they earn? And does the Canadian government remove any part of what they earn? Those were questions I had. Um, I've heard about the mistreatment of farm workers for many years now. Many, many years, nothing new. And I have not seen where the government 
whichever sitting government it is in Jamaica, I have not seen where they have made any progress. It's the same, com it's the same list of complaints that we're hearing over and over and over again, which makes me think that because the government is in some way benefiting, they don't care to do much to address the concerns of the farm workers. I may be grasping at straws. I don't know. And I'm just here thinking. I don't know if the know. Canadian government pays the Jamaican government per head. I don't know. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Yeah, you're right. We don't know um, the ins and outs where government to government is concerned where this is. But um, you're correct when you say you, do, you don't see um, any government, any sitting government actually coming out and pushing hard. Because what I believe is... Um, the, the 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 countries that supply workers are supplying them from a position of inferiority like we need you we need whatever it is you're giving us so therefore they feel that they should overlook these in indiscretions that happen to these workers in order to keep whatever it is they're getting because they have to be some kind of benefit right because I see in other foreign countries, like you know, that I actually know some a little bit about their program, like you know, Ethiopians going into um, Saudi Arabia and those places. That there's actually a monetary thing, an agreement. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. the government mm -hmm. receives something. So I'm just trying to extrapolate and say there must be something here, right? There that there is some kind of a reception of something by the government, and they're not willing to push hard enough because. I don't believe they really actually care about the people who go there because these are actually poor people mm -hmm. who even within mm -hmm. the countries don't have a voice. You know what I mean? So why would they, I mean, push, really give them a listening ear and do anything to jeopardize whatever it is they're getting when, you know, it's they're basically saying, well, these people, their their lives don't really matter as much. So let them go through the little struggle so that we can benefit. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. My my go 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 ahead, James. Good morning, James. Go right ahead. Morning, morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah. So so for me, the first thing, like I would never encourage anyone to go on any of those farm, um, working program. You know, as bad as it sounds, I I prefer stay in Jamaica and do whatever, <laughs> like scamming or or whatever <laughs> it takes. Yeah. No. Seriously. Because the first thing the first thing that people need to realize about these programs, um, look at the people that run these programs, the farmers. 99.9% mm -hmm. .9 of these farmers, if, if you go to where they live, they have like confederate flags up and stuff like that. That's the first thing. Wow. So, so these guys are not the regular, like, say like white Canadian or whatever. Like you, you saw you saw the um the protest the, 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 the protest that um the big protest in Canada with the truck drive the truck drivers. Yes. And the farmers and stuff like that. And you saw like all of the farmers that came out. Remember, these farmers are the first the people that got money from the government. They got billions of dollars. Billions. Not 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 loan. They got 
money that they don't have to return to the government. Um, these guys came out with their with their, their farming vehicles blocking the city. Some of them had their Confederate flags on it. These are the guys that live, you know, off the grid type of people, but they have their 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 massive farms. So, you know, looking at at that, if if these people are brave enough to put up Confederate flag, some of them are not brave enough. They they just keep it inside. But if they are brave enough to put up those flags, what type of treatment do you expect from them? You know, and the government, Jamaican government, should be ashamed of themselves. That's like disgusting to, to take, if if the government take, ten cent, out of each person that 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 goes to farm work, it's shameful, because farm work is like slave work. So you you can't be, like, to me the government should just say, you know what. If these people go to Canada or America or wherever, and they can get like, like say Canadian minimum wage, because if they get Canadian minimum wage, which is fifteen dollars an hour, and and they can negotiate like decent treatment, then these people, the, the fifteen dollars an hour for the eight months would be like a good mm-hmm. money to earn as a, to go back to Jamaica with that money. But um, I'm sure what happened, like even if. I'm sure they don't even get the 50, the Canadian minimum wage. And even if they get that, when Canadian government takes out of it, Jamaican government takes out of it, it's nothing. Um, the farm working program, it's because farming in, in Canada and America is seen as important job. Like people, the, 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 especially in the pandemic, we're seeing how important it is to have food on the supermarket shelf. Mm-hmm. The gov- Canadian government should not take money from these people. The Jamaican government should not take money from these people. These people should be allowed to, to make their $15 an hour and go back to Jamaica and live a decent life. If the <laughs> government have any any little thing about them, they would not touch these people's money, you know? It's, it's disgusting, though. So, James, I'm going to give you a little insight. All right, I'm a little re- reluctant to tell the story, but I'm going to give a little insight. There was a young man that used to work with my father. And he told my father he wanted to go on a farm work program. My father told him, no, don't do it. Because he had heard the stories because being a JP, he would have to sign a lot of paperwork for people, right? Who had to take documents into Kingston and so on and so forth. And, you know, these people would come back and tell them their experiences, right? So this young man who was a very good worker. He worked with my dad. And my dad told him, no, whatever it is that you need, what, what is it exactly that you're trying to do? Let me see how I can help you. You know, um, this young man, he would work and his family would eat him out, just eat him out. No remorse. They would send to him all the time for money, so on and so forth. And he would send his paycheck to them. But my father tried to convince him. He said, no, he wants to go because he has heard that he can make money and whatever. My father said, okay, all right, no problem. I'll sign the paperwork and you go. He came back. And he asked my father, do you still have the space? For, you, you, can't, you can't take me back, sir. Father took him back. And he went again another time. He came back. My father took him back again. And I don't know what happened the last time he decided to go. 
what happened in Canada. He was in Canada and he came back and he told my father, I'm never going back again. But whatever happened, it messed him up really bad. Um, he did not come out and tell, explain exactly what it was. We do have assumptions, but anyway. And then he also revealed that the government in Jamaica took money out of his thing. So he was getting far less than he calculated he should have. Right? And for what? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it's disgusting because it's I've heard... It. Yeah, I've heard the stories like where even the, the, the pension, the government are supposed to even set up a pension thing for them. So when they, 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 they decide not to go back, and the government is holding on to, to that for, for a lot of them too. So, yeah, it's, it's disgusting. But not only that too, James. Do you know that there is an issue with those who go to Guantanamo Bay to work? There is an issue with the Jamaicans who go to Guantanamo Bay to work. Money that is supposed to be released to them is not released the way it should be. In some cases, not at all. They're told, oh, there's no money for you when they return to Jamaica. They've done their stint, they've retired, and then they're told there's nothing there. So who is truly looking out for the disenfranchised? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, I, I think the only program that makes sense for... Sorry, the only program that makes sense for Jamaicans to leave Jamaica to go work, it's like hospitality program. Yeah. The hospitality program is much better, and at least a lot of people that go and work on those programs, them can go find one little spooky and get married or run off or whatever, <laughs> you know? Or teaching, um, or teaching, or nursing. Or teaching, 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 the teaching, the nursing is the, is, is the best one. Yeah. The teaching, teaching in China, because as bad as people talk about China, like when COVID hit, like I, I have someone in China and I call them. And I was talking to this woman and she's like, everything that I heard about that's bad with China, she said, no, people them love we over here. People them love we. Like, I'm thinking that racism and this and that. And she said, no, they're good. And she's been in China now for like eight years. And, and apparently like, there's it, a big Jamaican community over there. So, yeah. So, J James, I'm glad you brought that up. So let me ask you a question. So the treatment that the Africans received in China, is that true or not true? Would would what would that community say there? Yeah, probably, but I'm talking from the people who I know, people who okay. go to teach English and stuff like that. So I don't know about the Africans, but I know that the Jamaicans, they, they seem to be okay. Okay. Just wondering. I, you know why I'm wondering? Because it's weird because here in the States, well, let me, let me narrow it down to Florida. What I have seen is that the minute you identify as coming from an island, a Caribbean island, they treat you different or they're more drawn to you. They, they embrace you more than they would um, the natives here in the U.S. That, that's something I noticed. So I'm just wondering. Okay. All right. It's true. That is very true. Yeah. Hmm. As a means, hmm. again, of creating separation between us. <laughs> yes. Because I, I even have... Um, a cousin that comes up and she works in the, like you said, the hospitality industry up there. Mm -hmm. And they have a specific program where they say they prefer to have somebody like an English speaking Jamaican over an African American. And that's a real thing. 
Wow. Yeah. I wonder why. I wonder what it is. What what's the reason? I would really like to know what is the reason for that? Why is there that division created? Shouldn't the opportunity be extended to everyone regardless of where they're from? Whether they're born here in the US or coming from another country? What I have noticed and you know maybe anyone could say something else is that what whichever country you know um in these first world nations that there's a large population of black people right in the states is you know african-american right that large population is villainized you know anything they do is amplified and then others will come and say we don't understand what what's wrong with you why are you weren't you making it or whatever the case is because here in Toronto, in back in the early days when the black population was increasing, Jamaicans were the problem. They were the ones that were labeled as such, oh. very problematic. And oh. and there was hundreds of, like when if we even had a hundred thousand, it's the it's the wrongs of the less than two percent that was being highlighted, and we were being pushed as a problem within the society. But the good that the other ninety-eight percent was doing was never highlighted. So it's mm. that kind of antagonism that is created within, you know, these communities. And if you look at at Britain, for a long time it was the same thing. Today, like in 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 Toronto, um, for the last little while, it's mostly like when they had a large influx of African, especially Somali, and those, then they were put, you know, into that kind of a situation and carrying that kind of name and burden. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. It's just something I could never, I don't understand. Um, yeah. And I try to stay out of the rooms on Clubhouse that talk about it because I have stepped into a couple of rooms and I'm like, okay, no, I think I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> I think I'm in the wrong place. So I, I guess I'll be actually it's not wrong, the wrong place. No, the wrong. It's, it's, it's just that it's something new to look at it from their perspective for those who are awake and see what is happening you know what i mean yeah like some of them yeah. go overboard but there's actually a legitimate um grievance that some of them are um they have and that they're talking about okay it's not all imagination okay. or whatever the case is i guess it i guess it's how it's um being delivered because you step into the space and you hear a lot of aggression and you hear a lot of cursing and you're like okay Am I supposed to learn from this or am I supposed to be angry with everybody? I don't know. And I choose not to be angry. So I step away. Right. So you're probably right. If I am able to be tolerant and just sift through the noise and try to find the um, true issue or learn from them. Yeah, I'll probably have a better understanding. But uh, yeah. I don't learn well in confusion. Let me just say that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't learn well in confusion. You don't take the time to filter. <laughs> no, I, I, and I have OCD. I do. Um, it's it's funny because over the weekend, yesterday, as a matter of fact, when we went to the supermarket and how the things were in the cart, I almost went crazy. I was struggling inside. I felt as though I would take everything out of the cart and repack the cart and i it's crazy when i get to the cashier 
the things have to be on the conveyor belt in a certain way. That's just <laughs> so you, you get an idea. It's the one, the one. Wonder what's your zodiac? <laughs> because I know a certain sign is like that. Which one? Go ahead. I, I'm proud to say I'm Virgo. Uh oh. <laughs> I don't need to say anything. <laughs> I'm finished. And I know I drive my husband crazy, and I know I drive my children crazy with it. But um, yeah. I don't know. Is it a bad thing? Is it something you can control? What? Yeah. <laughs> bad but you know um sometimes we take we 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 tend to go overboard with it and drive other people crazy, crazy. <laughs> yes oh and, my and sometimes it's a little it's a it's a small thing you know to other people and they can't understand why we are like that in that particular kind of way but we 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 desire order in a certain way yes. in order for us to function yes yeah. <laughs> i can i'll go crazy <laughs> I will go crazy. You know, it's a little thing. Yeah. yeah. And True. I think yeah. our issue is that yeah. we strive for perfection, knowing that um, perfection doesn't really exist. exist, right? And we have to understand that there are different ways to get things done. But yeah, that, that's, that's one of my um, weaknesses, I will confess. Oh, see. <laughs> and then there's the other side of us. Um, some of us actually just totally give up on our life is totally chaotic because it's like the the burden of trying to keep keep order mm-hmm. right we seem to can't manage it so therefore we just let everything go just let it so go. we're too extreme yeah yeah you're right in mm-hmm. a latin american story 1.5 tons of meth seized by mexican military along northern border the mexican military confirmed they seized nearly 1.5 tons of methamphetamine that was en route to the u.s border the seizure took place at a checkpoint in the northern state of sonora this state is bordered by new mexico and arizona the country's defense department said they searched thanks to a tip about a truck transporting illegal substances to the border town of tijuana officials also say the truck was carrying powdered fruit juice concentrates and 46 drums that allegedly contained more than eight hundred thousand fentanyl pills the associated press reported so thankfully those will not make it into the country and i'm wondering if the tip-off was because there was something that went south in the deal so you know what i'm gonna get back at you i'm gonna sink your your um your shipment i think a lot of times when these tip-offs happen it's because of something that went south yeah Ecuador blames organized crime for a deadly blast in Guayaquil. Ecuadorian President Guillermo Lasso has declared a state of emergency in the country's second largest city of Guayaquil after an explosion blamed on organized crime mercenaries killed at least five people and injured 17 others. The state of emergency will be enforced in the southwestern coastal city from Sunday and will last for 30 days, said Security Secretary Diego Ordonez at a news conference. Sorry. It is time for us to take another little break when we return. It is Believe It or Not News and Entertainment News. Here is Bungie Garland with Bid Bad Soak. A little more soaker for you on Move It Monday. Viking. Soka Style. Take a chip, take a chip, take a chip, take a chip now. Shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, wow. We are the sound of a hundred thousand coming on the road. 
We are the vibration that you feel when the music loads. Huh. We are the mud and the oil and we come to dirty of the clothes. Yeah. I bet the girl them whine and strike the electric pose. Hey. Take a trip, take a trip, take a trip, take a trip now. Hey. Shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it now.
Thank you to all our listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. You're listening to Moments with me on Coffee and Toe, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. It is Move It Monday. We do it in Soka style to get the energy going, get that blood pumping and flowing. Coming up right after this, it is Believe It or Not story. So keep it locked. Feeling, feeling, she starts to tell me all of her secrets. Like what's on her mind? With lust combined, she made a vow to love. So I said, baby, show me you can keep it. Thank you once again to everyone who is here with us and tuned in. It is time for Believe It or Not News. A Georgia man who complained about receiving cold McDonald's fries ended up arrested for a 2018 murder. The story's courtesy of Baller Alert. The Georgia man who was wanted for murder got his cover blown after he complained about cold fries to police following a dispute. Last week, police arrived at a McDonald's located at 2049 Cobb Parkway after receiving a call about a man arguing with a manager about getting cold fries with no receipt. The complaining customer identified himself at himself, sorry, as Sims. He and the manager both explained that they started yelling at one another, leading to them calling the cops. The gag is Sims seems to have forgotten that he's wanted for his alleged involvement in a murder that took place four years prior. While going on about his cold fries, which was caught on the officer's body surveillance cameras, at some point, one of the cops asked him to fill out paperwork for a criminal trespass notice. During the incident, police ran Sims' ID, learning about the man's criminal history. When Sims asked officers if he was under arrest, Sims admitted he'd served three years. WSB TV Atlanta 2 reports. He then asked cops again if he's under arrest, to which the cops reply, yes, you are. I call the police, Sims yells. Well, you shouldn't do that if you have a warrant, the officer says. Sims then immediately takes off running and cops pursue him. After a 20-minute chase, police caught up with Sims and arrested him in an apartment complex parking lot. According to Johns Creek Police, Sims is accused of driving a dead woman to a Lawrenceville neighborhood and lighting the car on fire while the body was still inside back in 2018. Sims is currently being held in Cobb County Jail, where he'll soon be extradited to Fulton County. He was later identified as Antoine Sims. Should have kept your mouth shut, huh? Taken the cold fries and kept it moving. Or just buy another fries. How much is it for fries? Like $2 something, $3 something? That's what you should have done. Yep. You can't have an arrest warrant and then you're going to call the cops to arrest you? That was D-U-M-B. You know, every time I'm spelling a word, I have to be careful because I think back to, um, what's her name? Mama. Oh, Lord. What's her name? 
from Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, Mama D, when she spelled um, the word B-I-T-C-H and she said B-I-C-T-H in that order. So I have to check myself every time before I spell a word out. I can hear that in the back of my head. Not good, not good, not good. A black firefighter in Western New York claims he was pressured by his captain into going to a party that had racist imagery. In a notice of claim filed on Thursday, Gerald Jones alleges that the party took place in July at a private home located in a wealthy area of Rochester. Jones and two other firefighters went to the party with Captain Jeffrey Crewe, who allegedly told them they should all attend. And this is according to a CBS News report. Jones, a 14-year department veteran, said he felt uneasy when he arrived at the home and noticed a cardboard cutout figure of former President Donald Trump. Firefighters are not supposed to attend partisan political events while on duty, his attorney Nate McMurray stated. Jones said, he also saw a display mocking the Juneteenth holiday, which is a celebration of the end of slavery in the 19th century. It included Juneteenth flags displayed over buckets of fried chicken. In addition, a woman at the party allegedly impersonated a local Democratic official and also performed a sexually suggestive dance. There are also allegations that there were pictures of Democratic politicians which were attached to stakes in the yard. He said the incident cut him very deeply. I decided to speak up because I have two children who maybe one day will aspire to become firefighters, and I don't want them to experience what I experienced. Jones said he then reported the incident to superiors and requested to not be assigned to work under Creary, but his request was denied. The notice of claim which is a notice of intent to file a lawsuit, list the city of Rochester and the fire department. Jones seeks at least $3 million for emotional distress and at least $1 million for compensatory damages. He's currently on leave and says he fears retaliation. On what grounds are you able to request a transfer and it is granted? Because I would think that this would suffice if you feel uncomfortable. You notice that somebody possibly um, is racist, so you don't feel comfortable with them. Because as as what we've seen nowadays in the news, I, I don't know. I wouldn't want to move away from them too. But the request was declined. So my question again is, what warrants your being able to request a transfer and have it acknowledged and honored? Should one be subject to work under circumstances in which they don't feel comfortable? Because as a firefighter, what if I'm on a site, I'm at a site where there is a fire and I go in, can I trust that this person is going to rescue me if I encounter difficulty am i comfortable but it's very subjective and um depends on who is on your side so to speak um people are sensitive to you especially if you're not um of their political so 
persuasion or if there's you know, a little racial um, situation that's going on. Yeah, then they decide whether or not within the department, you know. So it's very subjective. So th that's weird. That is weird. Um, that is truly weird. War. Uh, Sir Kells, thank you so much because I didn't realize that the room was closed off. Hmm. I thought it was open. Okay. Yeah, I was going to share the room, and then I couldn't find the share button, and then I, I looked up, and then I see that the room was locked, so I was like, okay. Oh, no, no, no. This It should not be locked at all. That, that that's How do I open this room up? Okay, I got it. I think you have to press the three dots, and then probably one of them options there or something. Okay, yeah, yeah that's... I got it. Thank you. Thank you, Sir Kells. I appreciate that. I was totally unaware. I guess it was only open to special people. <laughs> this is interesting because I've noticed other people. I know. Well, Tasha came in, Orange came in, Waryu came in, Sunette was here, Naturalist was here, Kevrock was here. I, I don't get it. When it's locked, does it mean? Does it mean? Excuse me. Does it mean that it's only open to people who are members of the club or people who follow you? I don't know. How does yeah. it work? Yeah, people who um, are members. Ah, well, Sir Kels, thank you so much for bringing this to my attention. Good thing I looked down because I wasn't aware it was locked. So now I have to be very careful. If anybody in the future notices that it's locked, please let me know because it is supposed to be a public room anyway. All right. Um, Tasha, check your IG DM, please. Thank you. So that's that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd probably resign and apply to another um, district. I don't know if that's possible as well. A Delta flight attendant fired for posting cartoon image of Trump wearing a KKK hoodie on Facebook. A former Delta Airlines flight attendant claims she was fired after posting the image. According to an insider, a black woman named Leandra Taylor claimed that her termination on April 20, 2021 was racially motivated. An Atlanta Airlines spokesperson told The Post when Delta employees intermix Delta's brand with conduct or content that does not reflect our values of professionalism, inclusion, and respect, that conduct can result in discipline or termination. While personal issues are considered private between Delta and its employees, the circumstances described by our former employee are not an accurate or complete explanation of the company's termination decision. This is according to the spokesperson. The court filing obtained by Insider alleges Taylor posted an image on Facebook depicting Trump and Biden during one of their presidential debates in 2020. In the cartoon, Trump is standing feet away from Biden while wearing the infamous white hooded sheet on stage. The coat bubble in the image refers to Chris Wallace, the debate moderator who says, thank you, Mr. President, for wearing your mask. Taylor admits to posting the picture in the complaint she's filed in Georgia District Court, but she maintains that it wasn't offensive or discriminating. Taylor believed the image was meant to emphasize racial discrimination against african-americans and covid 19 protective measures from her point of view she was singled out for termination since another overtly political white co-worker who posted on their social media was not let go taylor 
also claims that Delta retaliated against her after she assisted another flight attendant who had been fired for violating the company's social media policies. Delta flight attendants are the only group not represented by a union. They have a saying, you have to take time, dry your hand out to lion mouth. Now, here's the thing, and I'm, I'm, I know I might be putting wood in the fire at this point, but we have to be so, depending on, know your company's policies and their stance. Go to their HR website or pull up your HR handbook or have a friend in HR, although HR is not your friend. HR is not there to protect you. HR is there to protect the company. Understand that. Let's not get it twisted. Okay? Get familiar with the do's and don'ts as it relates to social media, especially nowadays, because HR rules and policies are constantly being updated. But it is very important that you're cognizant of the rules because they will protect you. Right? If the company does not support you doing this, don't do it. Don't do it. We can stand up and say, well, they do it to us all the time. Well, don't, and we don't like it, right? Well, don't do it to them. Uh, am I being unreasonable? Don't tell us as you'd have them do unto you. If you don't like what they do to you because it makes you uncomfortable, well, don't do it back to them, right? Especially if it's going to interfere with your job all right and you also have to remember what's good for the goose is not good for the gander and puss and dagna have the same luck and we can go on and on right so be very careful go ahead war oh i said right there you said it all puss and dagna <laughs> have the same luck <laughs> it's like one time i get caught for speeding but i was in a group of uh, people and i said but why do you single me out he said well, I can't take everybody. I have to take somebody. Got to take somebody. You know what Gotta I mean? Got to take somebody. Yeah. And war, if they're behind you, you're the one they're going to clock. All right? Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you remember, last week we, did, we um, highlighted this incident. So here's a follow-up. Drano poisoning story faked by doctor's husband in order to get custody of the children the lawyer is claiming. All right. So a lawyer for the California dermatologist accused of pouring Drano into her husband's lemonade says the story was fabricated by the woman's husband. On Friday morning, you, Emily, you or Yui Emily, I'm not sure if you pronounce her first name, had been released on bail and had not been charged with any crime after her husband, Jack Chen, accused her of repeatedly spiking his drink with a caustic drain cleaner last week. The idea that my client, who is a 45-year-old, well-respected dermatologist in Orange County, would destroy her life, destroy her children's lives, and try to kill her husband is just completely absurd and untrue. And for that matter, defamatory. This is according to her attorney, David Wohl, when speaking with CBS Los Angeles. Wohl says the poisoning was fabricated as part of a custody battle. According to Chen's attorney, the husband, a radiologist, allegedly caught his wife three times in their Irvine home, pouring the Drano into his hot lemonade drink. According to all the nanny cam videos, showed the wife pouring Drano into an empty cup to avoid splashing. 
Anytime she poured a Drano into a cup, it was completely empty, the lawyer said. It was for facilitating use in the sink or any other part of the house that was clogged as far as the drainage goes. Wohl insisted that you never added any Drano or any other substance to Chen's drink, claiming that's completely untrue. Furthermore, the lawyer argued that Chen had concocted the poisoning allegations to divorce you and obtain custody of their two children. We believe completely that these claims he made are all part and parcel of that effort. However, Chen's attorney said he noticed a chemical taste in his lemonade and was diagnosed with stomach ulcers, gastritis, and esophagitis. According to the reports, when Chen requested a restraining order, okay, no, 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 Chen requested a restraining order against his wife for 10 years last week. He alleged that you had abused their children physically and verbally when telling them to go die. When Emily gets frustrated and yells at the children, she'll commonly use a Chinese phrase that translates to go die. She also says to the children, your head has a problem. Your head is sick. Go blank yourself, blank idiot, stupid blank, and get the blank out of my way. That's what Chen wrote in court documents, right? Obtained by the post. Chen claimed that you even denied the children now eight and seven sleep if they went to bed earlier than she preferred. Okay, how can you test if Drano is in your system? Do they do a toxicology report? Will a toxicology report reveal if Drano is in your system? How does that work? Because he's claiming that on the nanny cam, she poured it into a cup. I don't know how it worked. I don't know. The only thing he's been diagnosed is with stomach ulcers, gastritis, and esophagitis. Now, those could be as a result of him ingesting chemicals, but how do we know what chemical he ingested? And if those three things are because of Drano, I don't know. There more needs to come out. Yeah. Or a, when he su suspect a, that he ingested, he would have to go to the hospital um, immediately. Then they would, you know, get a sample of his stomach juices, and yeah. that would be also be able to tell. Yeah. Or, you know, they would have to specifically, like you said, tie the injuries that he suffered as. Uh, Drano as the possible cause of causes for it. So, now, now something's a little yeah, off with the story. Now, now something's a little off with the story. Yeah. Okay. So the next one, an Atlanta man. Evidence of burn. Would... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your statement. Go, ahead. go right ahead. No, no. You are saying because evidence of burn. Drano. There'll be evidence. You know, from his mouth go down, you know, his esophagus, everything of, um, you know, the damage that would occur from drinking Drano. Okay. All right. Well, let's see if we have any further developments as the weeks progress. Our next story, courtesy of Ball Alert, Atlanta man removed from Frontier Flight for having two-year-old daughter on his lap. An Atlanta father and his young daughter were removed from a Frontier flying, uh, Airlines flight this past week 
after the airline accused them of breaking federal law. Krishan Rose was traveling to Orlando with his two-year-old daughter Rihanna for a quick weekend to visit Disney World. Rose had intended to fly with his daughter sitting on his lap, which the airline took issue with. Rihanna had flown while sitting in his lap on the Spirit flight down with no issue. This is according to Rose. Frontier staff was adamant that she fly sitting in her own seat, which Rose had purchased. They will arrest you. I'm telling you right now, a flight attendant told Rose. He captured the flight attendants threatening to have him arrested. Wow. Rose explained to the flight crew that it was his daughter's first time traveling and she was nervous. He said things escalated when he could not get her into her seat. The plane was taxiing on the runway while the confrontation took place and was eventually returned to the gate. Rose and Rihanna were removed from the flight. It is an FAA requirement that all passengers over the age of 24 months must be buckled into their own seat for takeoff and landing, Frontier said in a statement. The parent refused to comply and therefore was asked to exit the aircraft with the child. Rose acknowledged to WSB-TV that while it is their policy, he was hoping the airline would make an exception. I did not think it needed to be that far. I mean, arrest me for what? For a kid crying? I, I, I think that's a little extreme if you ask me. I don't know. There was a time when you could have your child. I don't know. You know what? Rules and regulations. But to have him arrested, I think, is unreasonable. I would love to see a video. I don't know. If, I need to see if there's a video of this because I'd love to see it. You know, I'd love to hear what witnesses have to say in terms of what the exchange was like that would cause it to accelerate to that. Now, if the airline says the child is to be in the seat, put the child in the seat, put on their seatbelt, they're going to have to cry it out. Do we go around that? It's a safety issue because anything can happen, um, and I can understand why they'd be concerned. And again, this is another through. case of the, the the puss and the dog not having the same one. <laughs> so it depends on who you run into. Is it the puss or the dog? <laughs> the child too unruly enough. They should have just sit on in their seat, man. <laughs> call it unruly i think because if it's a child's first time flying that's why i'm going to push back on the unruly. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, i would yeah. do though is provide some form of entertainment something to calm the the child you know i don't know but rules are rules and you're right war a safety issue because that child could fly out of the, the parent's arm let us say the the plane has to come to a sudden stop as it's taxiing Right, anything can happen, so the airline has to protect itself. Yeah, because it's America, and if anything does happen, he'll be the first one trying to sue them for as much dollars as he can get. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean it's it's harsh, but mm-hmm. yeah, rules are rules. I mean, even if he could have just got her to settle in the seat, because I think what, from what you read, they were saying it's like um, 
in takeoff and landing, I think maybe like while the plane is up in the air, it's not such a problem. But just for the taking off and the landing, they want everybody strapped in. You know, no smoking signs on, even though you can't smoke in planes no more. Seatbelt signs on, you know what I mean? For that duration of that seatbelt sign on, yeah, everyone's got to be individually in a seat. So, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, it's harsh, but, and I think, and I don't know, maybe it's customer services. I mean, maybe they could have helped him to kind of, instead of arguing with the man and them, you know, getting to back and forth maybe they could have assisted him to kind of calm the child down and but i understand obviously time is running and they don't have time for that but you know what i mean maybe they could have assisted him to kind of help calm her down and relax but maybe they did and they and it wasn't working i don't know yeah, yeah. but javette raised a valid point in the chat um never thought about this javette you're absolutely right but when it's a baby where's the concern or rules then that's different because a baby right you can't tie them down in the seat like what you would um strap down a, a little child because um if there's an accident they're more prone to injury from the seat belt okay. than say if you hold them in their hands so there's no that kind of issue that's also going going on hmm. interesting huh Car seat, okay. Do they allow car seats on the planes for you to strap them down in their car seat? The last time I traveled with mines, no, they were not allowed. Yeah, in that I'm, yeah. I'm thinking back to 2000. Um, no, hold on. My son number one, son number two, back in, yeah, 1998 and 1999, I had to check in the car seat. Yeah, I could not take the car. I remember they took the car seat from me at the gate and said it has to go under in the belly of the plane. Um, okay. uh, I rem and they would give it, yeah, 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 yeah. They don't, they, back then, and then I remember in 2007, was it 2007? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know what it is today. I can tell you. Can you hear me? Good morning. We can hear you. Go ahead. <laughs> um, today, it's no car seat. <laughs> I was just there. No car seat. Um, you take, they take your stroller at the gate. Okay. Or any child that's under under two years old, 24 months. They take it away. Okay. All right. Yeah, Thank yeah. You. There's no car seat in the plane. You got to check in your car seat, and you, have, you can take your stroller all the way to the... Um, to the through the tunnel and they'll take it right there and take it downstairs to the belly of the client. Okay. All right. Thank you, Rosolo. Perfect. So sorry, I have no voice. Sorry. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't strain your voice. Don't worry. Um, yeah, so thank you for clarifying that for us. So they still have a no car seat policy on the plane. So a baby who is six months old cannot go in a car it cannot go in a seat by itself. Yeah, you definitely have to hold that baby on your lap. No work around for that. Yeah. Ah, uh, in entertainment news, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Kathy Hilton, who is a part of the Hilton chain of hotels, awkwardly confuses Lizzo for precious actress Gabonet Sidibe or Sidibe. Oh no! So while appearing on Wednesday's episode of Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, Kathy Hilton confused Lizzo for precious star Sidibe. 
Hilton made the mistake during the game. Will Kathy know them? Where Cohen asked Hilton to Id- identify celebrities in photos. Upon seeing Lizzo's photo, Hilton squinted her eyes and said, I feel like I know her. She then blurted out, Precious. Amid the mix-up, Hilton's R-H-O-B-H co-star, Crystal Kong, Minkoff, Cohen, and the bartenders all erupted in laughter. Trying to help her friend out, Minkoff jokingly said, she is precious though. Lizzo is precious. That's what I call her. Her nickname is precious to me, Hilton responded to the awkward moment, seemingly still confused. Many Twitter users criticized Hilton for mistaking the two curvy black women. Some even dubbed the incident racist. In response to the clip, one user commented, this is a pretty racist comment, but because the fans like Kathy, they're laughing it off. Another person said, Precious is not a real person. She's the caricature of the overweight, poor black girl. Evoking her name is insulting, as is pretending not to know who Precious is after the joke fell flat. Others defended Hilton, claiming that she just made a mistake that anyone could have made. They look alike. And why should Kathy know who Lizzo is? I hardly know who she is properly, and I'm 23. Y'all are way, way too sensitive over here in America. Don't y'all create a problem now, said a fan. While trying to recover from Hilton's awkward comment, Cohen quickly moved on to the next famous person for her to identify. That is so bad, man. That is so bad, man. I, I, I was no, I was in stitches a minute ago, man. That's just so bad, man. Um, here's why i'm not gonna take offense you know i'm not gonna take offense because i've heard our community criticize other races and i'm not gonna take offense i've heard us call other races by names so i'm not gonna take offense i'm not i can't um with that one that i i wouldn't find it offensive because anybody like anybody could make a mistake so we have i have yeah. an occasion yeah when it comes to identifying people yeah so um it's easy for us to pin everything on racism now i don't know if she is i don't know if she's not i don't know but because i know we are guilty of some of the very things we accuse them of I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't be a hypocrite in this case. I can't, I'm sorry. Um, it could be a genuine mistake. And she, everybody doesn't know everybody. There are a lot of rappers I don't know. And there are a lot of rappers I'm like, who, what? There are rappers that I confuse. Sometimes I don't remember the difference between ASAP Rocky and Travis Scott. Is something wrong with that? I mix them up all the time. I don't know. Yeah, but just no common moments. Precious, you know. That is no. That I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. That's just yeah. I don't know. I have a friend. Her name is Promises, right? Her name is what? Promises. Promises. Her name is Promises. Yes, and I always call her Precious by mistake. It's not intentional. It's, I just always call it. It's bad. But I just, it, people make mistakes. It, it happens. I'm, I'm not saying she's racist. She's not racist. And I'm, I'm not even speaking to her. But people need to be, act human. 
people yeah. make mistakes. You call each other by the wrong name. We mix people up. We say, oh, this is this person. It's not that all the time. Yeah. It's only because she's Kathy Hilton and she's white. That's the only reason we're having yeah. an issue with it right now. You're right, Rose. Yeah, if it, if it was Dave Chappelle or, or if it was a, a comedian. We wouldn't have a problem. Yeah, people would just take it as a joke. Yeah. Because yeah. someone white, people are taking it, yeah, left. Yeah. But yeah, it's still bad, man. Though I mean, that's that's I'll be if I was I'll be hurt. <laughs> but but look at this too. We're so hypersensitive. But l listen to this. In Jamaica, what do we call Chinese or people of Chinese descent? We refer to every single Chinese one of them, regardless of their last name. What do we call them? Miss Chin. And is that Mr. right? Chin. <laughs> no, let, let's really think about it. Is that right? It's not politically correct. Let's put it that way. So, what if they turn around and call every one of us Mr. Brown? Because Brown is a very common name in Jamaica. Are we going to take offense to that? Or if a Chinese man start just randomly say, Yo, blacks. Yo, blacks, come here, man. <laughs> Blacker, come here. You know what I mean? Ah, <laughs> uh, boy, go ahead, War. Go right ahead. No, no, no. I'm. I, I, I was just interjecting with that. Yeah. Um. But it, it, it is true. Um. It's not nice when every little thing is attributed to um, race because are uh, somebody being racist because what you actually do is water it down and make it seems trivial that even when things are happening you're not taken seriously yeah 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 we have to be so careful all right sra among top donors of gofundme set up for pregnant fiery la crash victim actress sra is among the top donors of a gofundme created by the family of one of the victims of the fiery la car crash that took the lives of six people and this happened last week well we reported it last week the younger sister of 23 year old ashery ryan created a gofundme to raise funds to help cover funeral expenses ray's full name joe Issa diop made a 2500 donation the online fundraiser had exceeded its $100,000 goal as of Saturday night. Issa Rae was raised about 10 minutes from the crash site in Inglewood. So, you know, it's so unfortunate. On Monday, Linton, a traveling nurse from Houston, was charged with six counts of murder and five counts of gross vehicular manslaughter. So far, she has not entered a plea and her next court date is today as a matter of fact well those were our stories and ladies and gentlemen i thank you so much we are at the end of coffee into a little bit over time three minutes actually should have ended already to apologize for that but i do have to say thank you to all our listeners who logged on to qmzradio.com and janoradio.com and of course everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me. You were listening to Coffee and Toe, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news, and we share our views. Don't forget to download that Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Take us on the go. 
And for quality music while you work and play or play, log on to www.qmzradio.com. Helps you get through your day. 10 o'clock tonight, live on qmzradio.com and janoradio.com, as well as right here on Clubhouse, where you can join in on the conversation. It's Days After Dark, real relationship talk, adult conversation. So see you then. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask that you please be safe. Have a wonderful day. Take care of yourselves. Whatever you do, wherever you choose to go, I do ask that you please be safe. Look forward to seeing you all tomorrow morning for Turned Up Tuesday right here on Coffee until 9 a.m. Eastern. And thank you again, Sir Kells, for letting me know that Clubhouse, the roof was locked. My apologies. I was totally unaware of that. So now I need to raise my level of awareness a little bit more and pay a little more attention. All right. Thank you, everyone. Rosolo, Javette, Sula, Circles, Marlon, Orange, Tasha, Niani. I hope I pronounced that right. And to everyone who was here earlier, thank you so much for coming and supporting and contributing to the conversation. Take care of yourselves, everyone. We are going to be signing out and signing off. Nothing.